0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and thank you so much for being here and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is TeacherCast podcast episode number 198. We are talking all about our students and how we can best prepare them for their post-graduation opportunities. Whether it be college or in the job force, we have a responsibility to help our students after they get done in our classrooms after graduation and yes guys I did say the G word we're only about four or five or maybe six weeks away from graduation I know in my school district, we're doing AP exams, we're doing park exams, we're doing all those great things that happen at the end of the year. We want to know how you guys are doing. Please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. We would love to hear how you guys are doing. And, of course, we want to remind you guys that we have some great things over on TeacherCast.net. If you're looking to bring podcasting into your students' as a way to wrap up this semester, maybe to use podcasting as a way to prepare for your final exams, you can check out our brand new channel, Podcasting with Students Today. We've got everything that you need from equipment reviews to applications to lesson plans, everything that you're looking for. Head on over to Podcasting with Students Today. Now, I have two great guests on today talking all about a fantastic program that they're involved in, but it, it is completely geared for how we are going to be helping our students not only get through graduation, but how we can prepare them for post-graduations. I want to bring on my first guest, Ms. Sharifa Extavor Sharifa, how are you today? Welcome to the program.
1: Awesome. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for
0: having me. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So my name again is Sharifa Extivore, excited to be here. I work for Kip New Jersey as a college persistence manager. And my role is just to basically support students as they've made it to their post-secondary choice. Um, So the work that I do is inclusive of advising, counseling, and just kind of working with students to help them meet their goals once they leave high school.
0: That sounds like a pretty important job. How many students do you get a chance to work with each year?
1: Each year, I have anywhere from 80 to 120 students and growing.
0: Wow. And you said yeah. this is students who are post-graduation. So you're talking college students or you're talking any kind of students if they're in, you know, workforce, college, whatever. Tell, tell us a little bit about the program.
1: Yeah. So actually, I only work with uh, college students at this point. But we have uh, colleagues who work in the program that do work with students who are workforce bound and military bound. Um, and a lot of that means relationship building, making sure students study for the appropriate examinations, ASVAB for the military, et cetera as well as helping support them in um, resume writing, job fairs, and career opportunities should they decide to become um, whatever it is they they've set out to do if they wanted to go directly into the workforce. So it's kind of a, you know a three-legged stick um, figure, if you will. We have a career arm, we have a workforce arm, and we, of course, have students that are persisting currently in college.
0: It is so good to have you on because you know, as we get ready to prepare our students, I, I know now just by working with teachers, there are kids right now, in the middle of April, starting May, that they still don't know what's going to mm-hmm. be happening with them after graduation. Uh, we're going to be talking all about those options as we go through here. So I want to bring on our second guest right now, Miss Ingrid Rederos. Ingrid, how are you today? Welcome to the show.
2: Yes, thank you for having me. Tell, I'm doing us, great.
0: Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, right now I work for Rutgers University, Newark, and I'm the director of academic partnerships for the office of the chancellor. Specifically, I am a champion for students that are from Newark, Greater Newark. Many of them are first generation. And my goal is for any students that are in my academic cohorts, that they graduate, they persist and graduate. And honestly, I want them all to just have a great experience at Rutgers and go on and realize their dreams, which one of them definitely for the students that I help, their dream is to graduate from college.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to learning everything about these programs. First of all, it is great to have a podcast where three people are all from New Jersey. (laughs) <laughs> jerseys in the house jersey yes in the house. absolutely now i'm not going to start off the traditional jersey podcast here by asking what exit are you from we'll save that one till the end <laughs> but, but let's kind of break this down here right because today we're going to be talking all about how we prepare our students and and i got to kind of back up here and, and you know even though we're looking at students and post-graduation really my question that i want to ask you guys and i'll, I'll start with Sharifah, is when? When should we start talking to our students about post-graduation plans? Is it junior year? Is it sophomore year? Should we be having these conversations in middle school? I'm not saying when traditionally does Mm -hmm. it start. I'm saying when should it start.
1: Right. I hear your question. It's a great one. Uh, I'm a proponent and believer that it should start much earlier than high school. Um, Our middle school years are super important to our students and their development. Them thinking about what they want to be when they grow up. That idea, right? So um, just having conversations, having them shadow folks. Be role models, go visit uh, a police officer, go visit a firefighter if that's what you wanna do. Go visit a college and get that kind of exposure so you can understand um, what it entails. I believe that it should start much, much earlier. Um, Middle school is a great place to start. And with the wraparound support of parents and family members and teachers, um, I think that great conversation could be had and a great layout or footprint could be made for students to understand what direction they want to take a lot earlier and what better way to start than in middle school if not sooner and should that
0: start with family members i mean asking mom dad grandma and uncle hey can i go to work with you i mean i know we've got take your kid to work day coming up soon is this where we should be talking about these post-college opportunities on these career days and such or should this just be one of those dinner table conversations
1: I believe that it should be something where um, it's a combination of, of, of both, right? So dinner table conversations, yes, very important, but also seeing examples out in their community, out, yes, in the workforce, take your son or daughter to work day is a great opportunity as well. I think students need to see the possibilities that exist. They need to see all of the things and people that play a part in the workforce via skilled labor, via manual labor, plumbers, pipe fitters, all these, you know, great um, exposure that students can have, and that can start out um, even sooner. So I think it's everyone's responsibility to be honest with you, um, and I hope that, you know, that charge continues because it's definitely something that we encourage in our
0: programming at KIPP. Ingrid, what do you think? Is middle school the best option for this? Should we be doing it a little bit earlier, a little bit later?
2: You know what, for me, I think it's perfect timing to do it in the middle school. I think for myself, I, I am such a champion for the students that I'm working with, Because many of them, honestly, are first generation. They're coming from Newark, Greater Newark. Many of them are coming from, you know, uh, as I call, under-resourced communities. Mm -hmm. I would have liked if someone would have spoken to me in in elementary school about what are the possibilities for me? What are you dreaming for? What's out there? I mean, I grew up in such a negative environment. I'm a product of the inner city, but I didn't want that to, my gosh, um, determine really limit what i was going to do with my life and i was very blessed that I, there were a few people that helped me but man if i could have had a program like hip it would have been a, really a game changer so i say definitely it should be the middle school and it's talking to kids many of the kids that are low from low-income families not what you can't do but what do you want to do mm-hmm. and even if they don't see it to say, you know what, even though you don't know someone that, that has what you want to do, let's find someone mm-hmm. so that it's not so negative. I think growing up in the inner city myself, it's such a negative environment. And, you, you know, you want to dream, but then there are many people around you that they don't want you to dream. You know, it's very depressing. It's very, and, and I knew that that's not the end. So with my students, especially in elementary school, that I'm seeing elementary school students more so high school, but even when I talk to my students that have younger siblings and I say to them, what do you want to be? And not laugh at that, not say, no, that's too big of a dream. Absolutely not. So that's that's what I would say. Younger, I couldn't, rather- agree,
1: more. I couldn't agree more, Ingrid. I think it's really important that um, everyone understands that it's a responsibility from parents, from guardians, from teachers, from administrators, you know, go to the principal's office for the day. If you want to work in education, but you don't know as a kid what you want to do, just like visiting positive spaces and showing these young people what it means to work and then start to build a work ethic so that they understand the kind of work they want to do when they become older is really helpful. The other thing I would add is that um, regardless of where these young people start out, the road is endless. So you may start out on a in a college track and then you may decide, actually I wanna pursue a trade industry. Um, and the reality is there is room for change. No one stays in a career their entire life anymore. Um, people reinvent themselves all the time and young people can do the same thing. So I would just say that that's one of the things that we wanna make sure that our students understand that beyond high school, you may not know your major, you may not know the career, but you do know that there is a path laid out for you. And, we want all of our students to explore everything along that
0: path. You know, I'm so glad that you brought up this topic here yeah. of trade because you know it 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 is a heavy topic, right? We we see the, the the champions of the conversation, like Mike Rowe, out there saying, you know, you can be pulling in six figures by being a drywall specialist, being a plumber, being a you know a a, a trade craftsman. When somebody comes to a uh, Sharifa, like your office and says, "I want to do." this? Or they come and say, I don't know what I want to do. Is it easy to bring up the bricklayer conversations at the same time you're bringing up these STEM jobs and the computer technician jobs? Do we lay it all out there for them? I mean, how, how are we pushing a well-rounded community to our hundreds and hundreds of students that graduate each year?
1: That's a great question. And we start out with the, is the college worth it, you know, idea. Um, we have to listen to our young people, right? So Kip, while we believe that every student has the ability to succeed in college and can do it, we also recognize that retention is important, persistence rates are important, um, and re- students realizing their dreams are important. So for me as a counselor, yes. I wanna be able to hear that I am terrible in English literature and really don't wanna take this class, but I'm really loving my civil engineering and my math, right? So being able to listen to students hear the skill sets that they're bringing to the table, look at test scores, look at grade point averages, look at their college readiness indicators and say, you know what, you're ready to dive right in or actually know maybe you need to have a program beforehand or maybe you might want to attend a two-year school. While it may not seem popular initially, it might be an opportunity to buy us some more time so that you can continue to explore what it is uh, you like to do and you want to do. So for me, as long as I'm open and remaining true to the student and listening to them and guiding them in the appropriate direction, Um, yes, I can have the conversation about becoming a bricklayer and I can have the conversation about becoming a civil engineering major. Um, The two may come together at some point, but um, I always make sure I give my students space to kind of vent Mm -hmm. about what they think it is they want to do, and they'll find their way.
0: Friends, before we move on with our show, I wanted to let you guys know, I have been in education now for almost... 20 years, and I've seen the changes some students have come to face every single day. Whether it's going through school hungry, not being able to see a doctor when they're sick, or not getting the proper rest at night, these challenges make it hard for kids to focus on. On their learning. I remember a story of a student who came to my office one day and she could barely stay awake due to all the circumstances happening around her at home that were beyond her control. I didn't know what I could do and I wanted to be able to help her out in any way that I could. Thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their 3 to PhD program that helps to combat students' fears freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, health care, and even clothing to students right here on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. And use the hashtag nature, educate, grow. Talking today to Sharifah and Ingrid all about students and how we can steer them in their goals after they hit those graduation days. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the options that are out there. You were, you, you mentioned the KIPP program. Could somebody explain to to our audience here, what is the KIPP program? What does it do? How do you get involved with it? And, and what does KIPP stand for?
1: So, KIPP stands for Knowledge is Power Program. Uh, the KIPP Network is a network of charter school uh, schools across the country. We have KIPP New Jersey based here in New Jersey. We have KIPP Camden, and we've just expanded recently to Miami. The KIPP Newark region um, is a region as a whole that sends more African-American students to college than any other high school in Newark. And in doing so, we provide wraparound services to students along their college journey. We promise them that they will have access to a college education so long as they do everything they need to to um, be academically successful. And we do that with them um, as team and family, as we call it. So one of the important tenets of that is making sure that our students not only graduate from our high school, um, but that they go on and live choice-filled lives. And for some of those students, it's through college experiences, Um, And for others, it may be through um, a different pathway, but the goal, our initiative, our heart is to make sure that our students have access to a college experience that can increase their earning potential and have them fulfill, have promise filled life. Excuse me.
0: Now you just (laughs) mentioned the word college experience. That could be two years. That could be four years. That could be any, any combination of.
1: Yes, that's correct. Two year and four year. Yep.
0: When we're looking at this from a K twelve point of view, you know, often we go to, you know, edcams conferences and things like that, and we always try to ask the questions: Are we preparing our kids for college? And I feel like that's, that's the hardest answer. That's the hardest question that I think K twelve teachers have: Are we doing our good job? Are we able to provide what the colleges need? Um, so let me throw this question at you: Are do you feel that K twelve teachers are preparing students? for what the rigors of college and post-graduation career um, are these days?
1: You know, I think that's a really loaded question. I think there's a lot of educational um, access and equity issues um, throughout New Jersey and throughout our country, quite frankly. Um, So I think that we are doing right now what we think is best. Um, And that is a, I think, a multi-layered approach to A, understanding what students need, students with IEPs, students with um, behavioral issues, students with um, potentially broken homes, if you will. Um, So many factors that go into creating the educational experience. I think the one thing we are doing well in terms of preparation is creating a safe space for our students for the most part. School is a safe haven and should be uh, for students. So with that, um, the question becomes like, are we fostering a love of learning or are we just testing, 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 testing? You know, um, I think colleges need to have students that love learning because that increases motivation and increases the sense of autonomy. So how can we get our students to love learning? Here at KIPP, we have a saying that our kids want to run to school. They love it so much that they want to run to school. And how do we get our students beyond high school to want to run to college classrooms and connect with professors Mm -hmm. and create career opportunities just through networking? So K through 12 teachers, I implore you to... Um, continue to push networking skills, continue to push the use of technology, continue to foster encouragement and motivation to your students so that they can take that with them to the college classroom. Ingrid, perhaps you have an idea of the level of motivation with your students um, at Rutgers Newark um, that you could share that would be helpful for K-12 community. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. For myself, um,
2: what has been most helpful for me is really the relationship, the partnership that I have with KIPP in Newark. Our counselors from KIPP, I meet with them on a regular basis. I tell them, give me a call. If any of the students that you're sending to us, if you see any concerns, please come tell me because the, the KIPP students are coming to see me and I'm more of a champion because they have academic counselors, but I'm the person that'll connect them to what they want. Uh, when it comes to academic support, it could be counseling, it could be tutoring, it could be career, I mean, it, from soup to nuts. But honestly, that all puts set aside a student that I'm looking at, I'm helping, I'm being a champion, nothing will happen unless they believe that they can that they can do it. And my students, I noticed that sometimes they, they were ready, they're here, they're excited, and then they're overwhelmed of how different it is to be in college versus in high school. And then many of my students, many of the KIPP students, they don't have someone in their family that went to college that can say, okay, this is how you navigate things. If you're lost and you don't know what you want to study, that's okay. You can talk to someone and not not see that as like something negative. Mm -hmm. And I'm more about, you know what, I will meet you wherever you are. If you already have a plan and you have a dream, we're going to go. And I'm going to help you get there and take out the obstacles. Or a student that's saying, you know what, I'm happy I got into Rutgers Newark, but I have no idea what I really want to do. I I just know that my goal was to graduate, but I have no idea what I'm going to major in. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen. Can you help me? And I think that's the, for me, at least in, in high school, is tell the students it's okay to ask for help. It, that's not a weakness. And that's what I'm seeing more with students. If they feel that if they show that they're struggling, that that already determines who they are. And I'm saying, no, you have to, for you to succeed. I'm always saying, just like Kip and I love it you know what, if you're going to succeed, you're going to fail, you're going to fall, but that's okay. You're going to learn from that. You got to get up. All right. If you're going to get up, that's okay. Just learn from it. And you are going to achieve what you want to achieve. Now, say your dream is, for example, to go to medical school, right? I know a lot, or the goal is to medical school or go STEM. Say, let's try it. You know, take some courses. Let's work from there. Are you struggling? Let me get you, you know, help. But we may have that very intentional conversation. Say, you know what, we may have to look at something else. That doesn't mean you can't still graduate from college and enjoy what you're doing. But there's there's a block. Don't let that be the reason why you drop out or stop out. Don't show that to yourself that that means that it's over for you. And that's one what I struggle mostly with. If I can tell the teachers to encourage the students, please keep going and to expect to fail. Because if they know they're going to fail, it's okay. You learn from it and then you're going to, you're going to excel. Mm-hmm. So that's really mostly what I talk about. For the
0: and, and that's an extremely important conversation. The idea that, you know, you might try something and it might not work. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, as counselors, you, you all deal with young adults, you know, over 18. So they're technically mm-hmm. adults, uh, do you bring in the, 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 the parental guardian people around the, around their students to help them make these decisions, or are these mostly one on one? You and the student trying to navigate their road together. Where, where does where does mom and dad pop in with all this?
2: I was, I love when mom and dad pop in, to be honest. But mm-hmm. the, when we're in the university, mm-hmm. we have something called FERPA, so there's privacy laws. Mm-hmm. Now, if the student, if I feel that it would help, I tell the student I would be more than happy to bring in anyone in this conversation, you have to give me permission. So one, Mm -hmm. so it's just a a waiver. The student, um, you know, signs off. And then absolutely, I've had very, very long conversations with parents. So because I need their help. Right. And it's in their
1: dreams. Mm -hmm. And conversely at KIPP, we don't have a FERPA necessarily in that way. Um, But parents are familiar with our schools, they're familiar with how passionate we are to ensure that our students are successful. So we will, you know, ask a parent to step in or to support if we absolutely need to. But the goal really is for the students to kind of think through what it is that they want. Because sometimes parents admittedly live vicariously through their children and have an idea of what a profession or career post um, high school may look like for their child. And that's great, I'm, it's never with an ill intent, but I think it's important for folks to understand and parents to understand that the journey really is the students and, um, there are things along the way that the student can decide on their own that is best for them. And they have to make mistakes um, along the way in order to get there.
2: So, you know, I was go going to say, um, to add to Sharifa, one of the things that hard conversations with a lot of my students that are first generation is the pressure to go into certain careers, whether it's engineering or a doctor or a lawyer or a business person. And some of my students, they're afraid of really being their truth. And going back to what can be done in high school to say that it's better try to know what your truth is, even if it's saying, I'm not sure what it is, but I know what it's not. So that's the one thing that I would definitely say that as much as I like parents you know, being part of conversations, sometimes I have to coach the students to say if they say they want their parent there, it's like, well, before the parent comes in, I want to make sure that I take care of you and what you want to make happen for your college and beyond. Because for me, college is just the beginning. And I try to, you know, bring that mindset.
0: You know, as we're getting towards the end of our school year here, obviously there's a lot of students that are already signed up with colleges. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you start to have a relationship as counselors with those students now, or are you mostly focused on those who might not have majors, might not know what their plan is yet? Um, Where, where are you right now in terms of working with current seniors who are maybe going to be at Rutgers Newark um, in the fall?
1: That's a great question. I'll start by answering that. At the high school right now in Newark, we have what's called a transition program where we actually as counselors come into the high school senior seminar classrooms and we share information about what colleges are expecting based on the historical information that we have. So we're saying you're going to get a syllabus and the syllabus is going to outline everything you need to know for the semester. That means it's unlike the marking period for where at the end of the marking period, you may be really in tight with a particular teacher that is going to allow you to make up some work. That may not be the wiggle room that you have when you get to college. Right. So we we try to get down and 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 um, and realistic with the students and say, you know what? These opportunities that you have in high school leave when high school is over. Um, Colleges Mm -hmm. are really here to make sure you're serious about what the next steps are. So, you know, if you're accustomed to emailing that paper or uploading on Google Drive at 11.59 p.m., guess what? At Rutgers North, the portal closes at 11.58 p.m., and you can't upload that paper. So we are in the high school earlier and earlier trying to get students familiar with the etiquette that it comes along with being a college student. Um, So we have 160 or so seniors at this point that we're preparing that are about to take AP exams and we're talking to them about what scores are gonna be applicable to get college credit at a particular institution. Uh, We're talking to them about the importance of finishing strong in their senior year so that their colleges can still uphold those admissions decisions. So all of those things we're discussing with our students earlier and earlier so that they are prepared because summer melt, as it's called, and summer melt is a phenomenon where students who sign up to go to college meet some sort of barrier over the summer that doesn't allow them to actually sit in the classroom on the first day. Um, whether that's financial aid, whether that's they didn't have a final transcript, some minor or major concern that comes up that provi- prohibits them from being there. Um, and we want to make sure we get in front of that so that they can end up in places like Rutgers Newark. Uh, or otherwise, so that they can start their collegiate experience. Uh, uh,
0: Well, uh, What you just mentioned is exactly what I was, you know, thinking about when I was mentioning, you know, are are we preparing our kids? Clearly right now, if you look at any high school, as you mentioned, it's midnight and the kid tries to turn in their paper through Google Docs at (laughs) 12.05. Yep. Are we preparing them for that? Or no, nope, look, that, that date stamp is 1158, as you said. Should we be allowing that stuff? I'm mm-hmm. sure that no kid has ever come into your desk and said, Could you just call my teacher and ask if I can turn it in three minutes late? Right. That's exactly never happened.
1: Yep. <laughs> no. Yeah, but they they do carry over the behaviors. And Ingrid, maybe you can have heard this before in your practice, but they're like, that professor should have just opened up the portal again for me to submit X, Y, or Z. Or, you know, the freshman shock of a professor locking the door when the classes start and 10 minutes after you can't get in. But you're like, it's only 10 minutes. Well, those things about punctuality, right? And, you know, respect and you know, email etiquette. Those things matter because that makes or breaks the relationship that you could potentially have. Nobody wants their time wasted, not the professor and certainly not our students these days.
2: No, definitely. I think one of the things that's happening, even though I work with the KIPP students and other students and other academic cohorts, when they're a freshman or transfer students, but when it comes to finding out right now the seniors and that they're graduating and let's see how many are going to be attending Rutgers Newark, I work with KIPP because we have a liaison at KIPP to find out which students are going to be, you know, applying and if they've been accepted, you know, sort of be in the background. And then when I find out which KIPP students have accepted and plan on attending, then like Sherif was saying, like I need to stop any blocks that'll really frustrate any of the incoming freshmen or you know new transfer students that are KIPP students or any student. And mm-hmm. with that, then they can have a better experience. And be more prepared. And then when they come, I also have different workshops, just things that Sharifa, you know, just to reinforce how important it is to be prepared. And this is this is how you navigate college, you yep. know, and prepare them better.
0: We're here talking to Sharifa Extavor and Ingrid Renderos, all about the great great perks about working in the KIPP program here. Guys, I wanted to ask you a couple of last questions. If, a, if I'm a parent and I have a student that's not quite sure what they want, how do I get in touch with you guys? How do I get in in into the KIPP system to help my student get on track? Whether it's a a whether I have a high school student or a middle school student, how do I get the ball rolling?
1: Great question. Um, it's a it's a great question. Um, I think that one of the great things about KIPP is that we only right now service students that are have attended our schools, um, or. I currently attend our school. So what I would say to a parent that is needing support with a young person that is confused about next steps is really start with the guidance office. Start with the college placement counselor. Um, start with the occupational outlook handbook online and get an idea of what it is this young person is interested in. If the student does not know, what are some things a young person likes? What are some activities this young person likes? what kind of career, what's a typical day like for this person? Do they want to be up um, at six o'clock in the morning, you know, and starting and ending their day at 2 p.m.? Do they want to be a doctor on call? And what does that entail? Do they know how much math and science is entailed in becoming a doctor, right? Um, Just try to get feelers for some information and role models, right? So making sure that Um, If As a parent, you're networking, you know people in industries, you have family members that have certain professions, being able to have a conversation. Um, But specifically with KIPP, we do right now counsel and advise students that have attended our network of schools and students that maybe have transferred out or moved away we do also support them because once they've attended our school they will always be team and family for us and we support them beyond that but that's a great question Jeff Um, just want to make sure that anyone that has questions parents utilize the resources in your school district and if you are finding that those resources fall short definitely start the college visits start visiting college campuses Um, start with the admissions office I worked in admissions for a long period of time and we would have fifth graders come for field day at our campus that I used to work at. Just get them exposed to what it means to see some of the big buildings, some of the beautiful open landscapes, some of the different city vibes that is Rutgers, Newark or wherever, um, so that they can have a feel for like, this is what college looks like and feels like. Maybe this is where I wanna call home after I graduate, but if not, there are other opportunities as well Uh, up and down the state. So if you have a friend that's in a union, make sure you have a visit to a work site and, and really pass it on because we know that relationships through union students are very hard to get into. It's all about who you know. Post the high school
0: experience. I'm glad that you also mentioned that word because I remember just as we're sitting here talking, mm-hmm. doing my college tours. And I say these to all of the students that I ever had. When you go look at those college campuses, you need to put yourself as a resident, that you need to feel that you're home in that environment. That's just as important as getting in there academically or athletically or anything like that. You need to be able to walk on that campus and say, this is home. And I think that's always, for me, been the difference between going to college and attending 13th grade.
1: Right, right. Right. But I want to be real with you, Jeff, today, there's some serious financial barriers that we have that prevent many students from even being able to afford, excuse me, to live on campus. There are schools in New Jersey where the room and board costs are more than the tuition. And families and students are having to make a choice between is this responsible or is this an indulgence? And the whole college experience for many is inclusive of living on campus. It is the college experience for many. So you bring up a really good point when, um, you think about, is this my home? Um, And sometimes here at KIPP, we definitely have students that are taking a bus two hours from Newark to Wayne to visit William Patterson University, and then they choose William Patterson, let's say, for example, and that is our current commuting plan, two hours or a $30 lift. So, you know, you gotta kinda um, listen to students also share some of the pitfalls and the successes that they may have with whatever plan they have commuting or residing on campus. But I think there's some true reform needed in terms of figuring out how we can work on making sure that the cost is fair and equitable for our students. And thankfully at Rutgers Newark as a partner school, we definitely have made sure um, that there's funding available for students. Um, and they're committed to the city of Newark and our, and our students in KIPP, so that's awesome.
0: This is certainly an important conversation and a topic that I would love to explore more. If you're out there listening and you'd like to contribute, we would love to have you guys over here on our next episode of the Teacher Cast podcast. And of course, we want to invite you guys to reach out to us over on Twitter at TeacherCast and, and throw some questions at us. Would love to have you guys on here as a show. Ingrid and Sharifa, I want to say thank you guys so much for your time. I want to give you guys opportunity to, to you know, throw any links, resources, websites, yeah. anything that you'd yes. like out here, and I'll give you an opportunity opportunity here for, for one last comment on this Ingrid let me let you go first where can we learn more about the great things that you're doing and again please feel free to to share any links and resources
2: absolutely the first thing that I would say is definitely go to Rutgers.edu and then I'll click on admissions and find out we are highlighting in Newark because we have a commitment with the NCLC the Newark City uh, Learning Collaborative and the superintendent because we want more Newark residents to apply and finish college. And because of that, Rutgers-Newark, we want more students to, uh, that are from Newark. And consider that you can go to college, and it doesn't matter if you are undocumented. It does not matter that you are low-income. We have programs, financial grade programs, that we are promoting right now, like Run to the Top. For example, if you're a Newark uh, City high school student and your family doesn't make more than $60,000, You can apply, and let's say you get accepted into Rutgers Newark, you can attend, and that's a GAP scholarship. So Rutgers will cover the GAP, right? Or if you are a student and you decide, you know what, I'm going to go to community college. You go to community college, and if you go to any community college in in the state of New Jersey, and you also don't make more than $60,000, and you want to transfer to Rutgers Newark, we welcome you, and we also have a GAP program. We have Honors Living and Learning. There are so many programs that we want students to look at and see that the dream of applying and going to college is possible. With our chancellor, we always say where opportunity meets excellence, and she means it. Many of my students, I know the highlight right now is KIPP, but I have students that are undocumented, mm-hmm. that were in the foster care system, that you know are coming from many struggles, and yet we're like, yes, we can come That's to awesome. it. We'll help you and then the last thing I would really say is we have Rutgers Day on April 27th if you know I'm not sure when it's going to be um, aired but we welcome families it's open to the community you learn everything about Rutgers and we have all our main offices there to answer any questions but like Sharifa said call admissions it doesn't matter if you're an elementary school kid or high school we have tours throughout the year and you're able to talk to students so that's what i would say
0: and all the links and stuff that ingrid mentioned we're going to be making sure are on the show notes doc we'll Mm -hmm. have links and everything will be on there again this is teacher cast podcast episode number 198 sharifra i'll let you end the show tonight uh tell us where we can find out about the great things that you're doing
1: Follow us at KIPP New Jersey on Instagram. You can follow us at KTC Persistence. That's K-T-C-P-E-R-S-I-S-T-E-N-C-E to learn more about the amazing things our young people are doing at their colleges throughout the country. You can also visit our website at kipnj.org to learn more about our work hard, be nice philosophy and some of the amazing things that we're doing as a network in New Jersey, specifically Newark, Camden, and now we've grown to Miami.
0: That is awesome. Guys, if there's any questions that anybody has for either Sharifa or Ingrid, I would love to have you guys reach out to me or reach out to them. I'll have, again, all the links are over on TeacherCast podcast episode number 198. I know I certainly learned something. I want to know if you guys learned anything. Of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. And again, with anything that you have here in mind, email us over at feedback at teachercast.net. As the weather gets warmer and as the summertime gets uh, closer here, we are looking at having you guys be more and more a part of our TeacherCast educational network. We just did a fantastic webinar all about building your EDU brand. If you guys are out there looking to make a website for yourself, maybe start a podcast. We've got some great things for you guys in 2019. So that wraps up this episode of the TeacherCast podcast. We want to say thank you to everybody for making this possible. And on behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.